0: I, 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 think I really believe is, as I said, um, it's not just my because it's my business. Uh, I think is we read TechCrunch and many other inks media because Silicon Valley or or states they are leading the technology in the past five, ten years. But we really see the shifting. Maybe not in China, shifting to China, but shifting to Asia. So, and, you know, really techno or some other like Asia-focused media, uh, I think that's for, I think for for the next 10 years.
1: Standby. I'll be right there.
0: Hello and
2: welcome to Minter Dialogue, episode number 346. Today is Sunday, the 27th of October, 2019. My name is Minter Dial. And I'm your host for this podcast. And this week's interview is with Gang Liu. Gang is the founder and CEO of TechNode, the leading bilingual tech media in China, covering startups and large-listed companies, the entrepreneurial community, and the angel VC investment activities. For us in the West, TechNode is like the TechCrunch of China. Gang is also the co-founder of OpenWeb.Asia, a network of premium blogs that focus on the Asian web industry. In this conversation with Gang, we talk about what it's like to run a company in China, how Gang manages the four different versions of TechNode, the transformation ongoing in China, we talk about the competitive environment between the big tech companies, insights into some specially Chinese startups and companies, and much more about the exciting evolution of the Chinese market. You'll find all the show notes on minterdial.com Now for the interview. Gang Lu, well, what a great pleasure to see you in Shanghai. You and I have known each other for, well, getting along eight so years, something like that. We met, I think it was through Netexplo originally. Anyway, yeah. we've had a, a long shared history and interest in the new tech world. In your own words, describe us who you are, Gang, these days.
0: Hi, um, my name is Gang Lu. Um, Chinese Um, I think it's uh, you know we well it's been been long long times Um, I was in UK for seven years then I moved back to Shanghai around like 2008 Um, but what I'm doing now so actually I started my personal blog when I was in UK that was uh, 2007 that blog is really personal when I started it's just like uh, because Um, I don't really have a journalist background. I know nothing about media, but the only thing I know is technology because I did my PhD in computer science. So 2007, I said, uh, so maybe I can start writing something about China but in the technology space. Uh, Then I started, when I started, I started writing in English, basically to tell the world what's happening in China. But still, that that was my hobby. But... It's been like ten years from hobby to your career. I just couldn't believe I was. I knew I'm still working on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I moved in China 2008. Then until you know, keep my kind of keep my hobby for until 2012. Then I decided to turn my hobby into my career. So I set a company, Techno, uh, as a media company. So the company has been running for over six years. Uh, from one-man effort, we have uh, like over eighty people now. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. It's, uh, it's a long stop journey. We're still working on that. Of course. Um, so so basically, what we do is um, we are more like a tech crunch, but we focus on China. So we write about we cover the technology news, startup news, uh, happening in China. And, you know, from media, we also run, like, technology events. We work with uh, innovation uh, corporates uh, to help the corporates into the startup ecosystems. Um, then last year, we also opened our office in Singapore because we see more and more Chinese companies. Um, they're going abroad, especially mm-hmm. in South Asia. They want to access the South Asia market. and mm-hmm. uh, Even the Chinese venture capitals, they're going out of China. They're looking for the global investment. Um, because we are probably the only one we do bilingual. We have English version, Chinese version, so we are really connected with the global market. So that's why we decided, okay, we should do more in the global, but everything we do, like always, always our vision is we want to pre- bridge the Chinese ecosystems and the global ecosystem in tech.
2: So-, so your tech node is available in English and Chinese and
0: every article is translated? No, no. Actually, uh, yes, uh, it's quite interesting. Actually, first of all, we technically also are available in Spanish okay. sure. Um <laughs> But actually, the but officially we we run the Chinese version and and English on our own, like by our reporters. But the Russian version and Spanish version is uh, translated by our partners. Um, but the but it's interesting because actually the the content. I would say maybe 90% of the content they are quite they are they are different like the Chinese and English because first of all they run by two teams. Secondly, why is it run by two teams? Because from the Chinese angle and from the kind of English angles, actually, if you see Chinese ecosystems, actually is uh, probably like t- kind of two different world. Um, you know, are you know, some story is super sensitive to Chinese only, but some story maybe is just. Very very common to Chinese, but is kind of uh, is a uh, kind of inclusive or is um, super interesting only for English readers. So being in
2: charge of now four different versions of it, obviously I don't I don't suspect Gang that you you read uh, Russian yeah. or maybe not Spanish, but um, how do you keep? Consistency of the Techno brand when you have so many different iterations looking at it, let's say, from different filters? What is it that unites them somehow other than just the fact that they have the same brand name?
0: Well, uh, first of all, I think it's, it's really hard. Um, but so but I think the the only, maybe the one thing I, I look at is, um, you know, the the, the China, because since the first day when I started Techno, um, I always... Th- it's because the reason I started techno, uh, so basically like the the two reasons I started techno. The first because I was in UK for like seven years, like most of the English media I read about Chinese technology, I would say like it was always like two keywords. First, the copycats. We copy everything right. from secondary, mm-hmm. which you know, which kind of true, right? Sec- was true for sure? Yeah, and still happening. Um, The second is the censorship. Mm-hmm. You no, know, you know, we censor the Chinese censorship, but which was also sort of true as well. So that, but that's the, those are two reasons kind of drove me to start, you know, to blog on my own because I know they they were true, but I know there are much more than copycat censorship. Sure. So that's why I I decided that whatever, you know, we do. We we want to kind of helping the global market to has more in depth understanding of what, what happening in China. So and also because I have my technology background, so I'm super interested in the technologies. Mm-hmm. So I think the the thing I think the kind of the, the kind of spirit I would say the to drive the company is we want to explore the Chinese innovations. Right.
2: So um, what I'm interested in, Gang, is uh, you you lived in England for seven years, you're up in Sheffield, you you know the English ecosystem for sure, you've now got a business with 80 employees, what's it like running a business in in China at your level? Um, Give us an idea of some of the challenges, some of the interesting benefits of running a business here.
0: Yeah, of course, it's a uh, lot of advantage. I think that's why, you know, actually my first job was in the UK after, after I graduated from university. Well, you had this little hobby on the side. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, but the, I think the, the reason why I decided to move back to China, because I, I really feel, I still feel that like the China is, you have lots of opportunities. You can do something on your own. Also, the market is huge. The potential is huge so that's kind of a technologies um you know you see the energy here uh and you know um people you have uh the resources uh which um is kind of can can kinda enable you to do um you know everything you you, want to, you so want to
2: when you talk about resources, are we talking about people? Are we talking about access to money? Are we talking about government sponsorships? How how do you get those resources? Because I mean, you, magic wand. Hey, listen, I need a million bucks to start this business. You know, give us an idea of how you've managed to corral all these resources.
0: Well, just my tell them my like personal experience. So when I the, the reason I started. Um, you know, kind of turned my hobby into my career around like twenty twelve because I I met her friends who's um, uh, who 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 was uh, telling me Hey, gang, you've been doing your blog for like five years, six years, and we need a tech launch in China. So here I give you one hundred k dollars. You should do this. Take the money. You should take the money, then set up your own business and do it as properly as a media. Wow. So that, so I took the money. Say, oh, I never imagined someone going to pay me and to do blog. To do your passion. Yeah, to do my passion. So I, I took that. Then that's like how how everything right. started. Uh, I didn't expect that, but you know I say, oh, why why not? I give a try. Then I think that's what twenty twelve. Um, But only, you know, talking about the tech space, right? Then actually the the whole kind of tech or startup ecosystem uh, actually is uh, kind of taking off since uh, 2012. Um, Because like the mobile internet, like all the infrastructures, um, so everything taking off. Then around like 2014 or 2015, the government like started like the biggest biggest boss, started the... you know, speaking to the whole society in China, saying basically saying, okay, all the resources, uh, we should support uh, entrepreneurship. Uh, we should understand what is startups, uh, we should support startups. Um, even, I think, even then, I don't really, I, I don't really think the government really understands how startup works, but because, you know, the biggest box saying so, uh, then you see all the resources, you know, the tier one, tier two, or even tier four city, the government, they give out like free space to startups. Even in some places, they, they don't really have startups, but they still have to give this free space and sometimes free money as well. Then I think because you, we've been, at that time, we've been running our business for like three or four years. Then we got more and more, basically got more attention from the government as well. Then the government started uh, sponsor events mm-hmm. uh, with like little money. Then we get a little bit more money. But to us, it's good because you are you have government support. You know, in China, we call uh, China, China is Chinese government, the big government because they have lots of resources. Mm-hmm. Um, they also uh, is kind of free money because for government they don't really they not like the traditional sponsors, right? They just want like um, something big. Yeah. They don't have an expected return on investment. No, no. It's like just pure sponsorship. Um, they are. They have. Well, of course, they are, have something looking at. They want to attract more, maybe overseas companies to mm-hmm. to settle down in the local market. Uh, the government, the, the government, they want to meet the like high profile people, and maybe they can talk about like uh, bringing their companies or because they're looking at like tax. You know, all the government related stuff. Um, I think this to us is uh, is fine. It
2: seems like it's a question of identifying what's important, not really understanding why it is or, you know, artificial intelligence, yeah, 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 it's the big trend, let's do it. Throw money at it, see what sticks, obviously hope that it starts to ferment. And by the, the will of the government, by the injection of the impulsion to say, Let's, this has got to be important, yeah. things happen. And, and that's a very different model than what we see in the West.
0: Yeah, and, and if only talk about the government, um, for example, if you look at like, Shanghai, Beijing, Hangzhou, and because the, the market here is so diverse, and also the competition is not just happen between, among the companies. It's the, I, I, to me, it's also happened between the governments. The local governments hmm. here is like Shanghai. Is Shanghai the government say okay? We want to be the international kind of innovation center because Shanghai is always international, right. right? But if we go go to like Shenzhen, Shenzhen say okay, we're going to be the hardware innovation center for the world right. because hardware always great. The manufacturing them was so mature in Shenzhen, and also you go to, for example, maybe not many people the for example the city called Xi'an. Is like uh, Xi'an is not like top one, top even like top two. But Xi'an is so aggressive because they are talking about deep tech, because they they have some military company there. They are looking for kind of deep tech, um uh, you know technologies. Then Chengdu is a very relaxed city, um but they are very good at mobile gaming. So you see, uh if you go like even south, and there are one city like Highline. they are they are like really spend effort on the AI because they want to track more AI companies or smart transportation companies go there. So at early you see like all the like the tier one or tier two city, they are kind of competing with each other to, to they want to like um, basically the to, to have like a flag to telling, okay, if you do AI, come to us.
2: I was doing, uh, when I was in Shanghai,
0: a conference called the Global CEOs
2: 2019 uh, Forum, and uh, it was an impressive group, a thousand people, uh, and it was sponsored by Kong, which is one of the districts of China, uh, Shanghai. And what was interesting there was very obviously trying to position Kong as being a leader within Shanghai and how they have the 5G infrastructure, how they are driving a certain form of, of innovation. And, and, and so I, can, I could feel that within the governmental thing. And what's obvious also in the various conversations I've had is amongst the big companies, there's no love lost between Tencent mm. and Baidu and Alibaba and so on. They are at each other's throats in the innovation cycle. Is that your experience? Give us a little of your understanding of how competitive these people are amongst themselves. Because we always think, you know, it's, you know, us versus them, whether it's the, you know, England versus France or America versus China. But there's there's this intense rivalry within.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, uh, look at all sectors, I think you always see the competition is um, at a different level. You know, even... For example, the, the two the biggest competitors in the market is Tencent and Alibaba, right? But if you like five years ago, you, you actually didn't see they are competing with each other. Because, uh, you know, five or ten years back, you Tencent is always on the kind of uh, uh, social uh, entertainment, sure. right? And Alibaba is all about like e-commerce. Mm-hmm. But if you look at what they are at now... You no, know, Alibaba has the AI. Alibaba is spent million millions of money into the AI, uh, AI business. They are reaching out to all the sectors used to only own, you know, only run by Tencent, right? But for Tencent, it's the same Tencent, you know, for example, like Alibaba is, the, you know, Taobao is the number one e-commerce platform in China. But look at who's the number two, JD. JD number two, but JD is, uh, is belong kind of belong to. That stand together with Tencent, right? If you look at each sectors of internet market in China, it always like a number one or number two it's either Tencent or, or or Alibaba. So that's the is like in the same even in the same uh, internet sector we see competitions, but also you see the competition between the traditional business with the internet companies business as well because. For example, Alibaba, you know, they they run they own the one called like a Ma Supermarket, right. right? Because the supermarket is uh, supposed to be very traditional, but Alibaba spend lots of money investing like He uh, supermarket.
2: Fresh, fresh, fresh hypo, fresh hypo in English, is that the one? Yeah, 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 yes,
0: yes, yes, if, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. So then. <laughs> Right. Okay. And also, Tencent also invests another supermarket. I can't remember the name. Uh, I can I don't know the ink name. But basically, they all they all move into the traditional market right. to play against the traditional supermarket. Well, a little bit like Amazon in the states, they're trying to get
2: into the whole foods. They're trying to get you know, real fashion bookstores. Or and and do you see innovation happening in the way that they're approaching retail in this old-fashioned world?
0: Oh yeah. Yes. I think the uh so so I think the competition i said is the traditional against the kind of internet and also even inside the traditional uh, the traditional business is facing competition from the startups because for startups they they maybe maybe they they the, the only they take maybe the just one simple ideas uh they can make it a very very big right if you look at the fintech you know the, the in the thinking market, there are you know quite a few like uh, unicorns or IPO uh, startups in, in China. But if you look at the ideas, they do like P two P at the very beginning, very very simple, straightforward. That what ju- that is just a project maybe for our, our traditional back, right? But they they are able to make that tiny idea into like IPO ideas. Mm-hmm. So the traditional I think for and also for the fashion brands. And um, is there also that like a new, uh, I think we we, we talked a little bit of, you know, earlier, is in the in the fashion or in the consumer uh, fashion brand, we are looking at like, we're talking about like, you know, upgrading our lifestyle. So we see plenty of new brands are from China. And uh, also some of the brands that are very aggressive. So at the first, you know, at the very beginning, maybe from, from the first day, they say, okay, we're gonna beat, we're gonna, we're gonna beat the the international brand in China, right? And lots of examples like Luckin Coffee, uh, you know, since the first day they say we're going to be the Starbucks in China. Uh, you see many uh, many examples, so that competition is uh, everywhere. You're, and
2: interestingly, whereas before it might have been, let's rip off the Starbucks idea and do it the Chinese way. I feel now we're, we're getting into a space where it's not about copying, it's about creating a Chinese way. Can you give us any examples, Gang, of, you know, you obviously, you know, curate so many amazing things, but give us an example of, of, of some kind of maybe a unicorn or a startup that you see as being very different and, and very stamped with the Chinese imprint as opposed to just, you know, another... You know, search engine or whatever.
0: Yeah, well, I think I th- I absur- absolutely agree on this. I think just to give a, like a little bigger background on this. Is is quite interesting. Is when I move back to China, I think around like 2008 until like 20 maybe 2015. Is because we said like copycats. So basically, we copy everything from secondary. I mean, in the space. So I think that are times. Um, always happen when you talk to you know, talk to startups, um, or even when you talk to VCs, they always you heard the kind of similar stories, you know, telling you, they are telling you, okay, we are doing my company is this, we are doing something like yeah. something in Silicon Valley. The, the Chinese Google, or the, Ch- yeah, you know, yeah. the Chinese always version of found that like kind of, they found that like some or company from Silicon Valley at a kind of benchmark, right. Uh, even for the VC, the same. When the VC was looking at the startups saying, "Oh, if it's something like the Facebook or something like Twitter, oh, maybe I'll be willing to spend more time with you because I saw that model is kind of uh, approved in Silicon Valley already." Mm-hmm. So, but now it's completely changed because we met lo- loads of startups. I think is we hear less and less is they are telling you we are something like Silicon Valley because. Everything they are doing, I would say 80% or even 90% of startups here now in China, we are to, they are doing something either for the Chinese ecosystem or from for the global uh, ecosystem. Mm. They don't use the benchmark from Silicon Valley uh, anymore. And on the VC side, the same is like five years or back. Is most of the VC in China they are US, USD fund, mm. but now. I think we could see more and more IMB funds, and mm-hmm. um, for Chinese startup, they are actually they are willing to raise money, you know, with the Chinese fund instead of USA fund because that will be more hustle. Mm-hmm. So I think that in general, the landscape is completely changed. Um, I mean, the true. The other factor, of course, within all this is the geopolitical
2: landscape is also making a, a statement on that. Give us an idea, Ganga, then, of some, you know, a, a unicorn that you think is just extraordinarily different uh, stamped to Chinese or, or just to even a small startup, whatever comes to your mind.
0: Well, maybe the first one came to mind, um, the, the Chinese name called Elamo, is the, the food delivery mm-hmm. uh, companies Actually, they started in Shanghai. Um, it's, 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 it's huge. It's already acquired by Alibaba already. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, do it more like Uber Eats. But actually, they, mm-hmm. they did that. They did that even years before the Uber Eats. Mm-hmm. It's um is huge. It well, it's simple ideas. You you know you download the app. You can um, make an order. Then people can deliver it to you. But it's completely, I would say, change the lifestyle, the daily lifestyle for Chinese. Because now you can everything, all the food can be delivered. Uh, even like hot you can, I can, now I'm sitting in office, I can order the hot pot, you know, in our, an hour, you can see full full the food on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, otherwise, really, you know, maybe you see something like, like Uber Eats, but in China, it's so popular. Like, everybody is using the delivery service. That's one example. Um, another one. Hey, is, it pro- is it profitable? Uh, Probably not. But yeah, that's another. Most of like, I think in China, if you talk about unicorn, I think the revenue or profit, probably is not really the proper priorities we are looking at. We are looking at maybe the valuation. We are are looking at the user base. Mm -hmm. Profit is come next, Mm -hmm. I think. Uh, That happened even to like JD.com. I don't think they are profitable right now. I mean,
2: we we know the story in America. But at some level, the piper comes to play. And, you know, we've seen that actually happening in the IPO story uh, with uh, WeWorks, in which is, you know, you've been burning through cash. When are you going to turn a profit? Amazon held it off, thanks to Jeff Bezos. Uh, he, he kept the, the profits rain back so he could keep on developing the top line. But at some level, shareholders are going to say, where's my part of the business? As well, as long as the shareholder price keeps rising, of course, I'm not going to complain. But somewhere along the lines you have to turn a profit I suspect there's not even a Chinese way of turning around that one
0: yeah I think it's uh, of course we're looking at the profit but now in China maybe at this stage I think it's controversial because in China even we see in the past like five years we see quite a few they went to IPOs Uh, I would say maybe many of them they are they are not profitable uh, till now Um, but I think that's um that I think that's some, that's something I think we always see the Chinese media kind of uh, discussing on that is um you know we we have population so that's why we can we can kind of rely on the basically the the head counts the user base mm-hmm. and for now you know if we can establish a business even. Still building money, but you have like several hundred millions of uh, users. That's really something. Then we are looking at maybe one day now it's free, but maybe if I can charge one dollar per person per user, you know, several hundred millions still a lot of money. I think that's kind of basic logic where we are using, mm-hmm. and for now. But but on the other side, is I think more and more we are we are getting more and more clear. Um is we know even we have population, but one day we are not going to well, i think the advantage brought it by the population is getting less and less so if we compare if we really compare the internet market with the silicon valley for example is silicon valley, silicon valley is 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 still better in the technologies mm. um so I think in for long terms. We we started understand and we all know technology will be the future kinda of driven power mm-hmm. instead of the populations. So that's why in the past like two or three years you see company like DJI, you see Huawei getting more and more stronger, and you see several others companies and even like VC size, they are more willing really, for example I met a VC last week, I see what they are they started investing the like the SpaceX or or satellites, like mm-hmm. or or like the chips, because um, they know these type of companies. But that will be future for for China for China.
2: From my perspective, one of the things that is absolutely radically different than we see in the West is the is the payment system. The the way when I go to the subway, how everybody pays when I'm on the train to click. Pay for my ticket. You just whip out your WeChat and or your Alipay, and Bing Bang. It's so mobile pay friendly. It's it's radically advanced. QR codes are everywhere, and so there's some there's some amazingly different usages of somehow the same technologies in China. And then you were mentioning before with NetEase, a this uh, e-commerce site. And I think it, it speaks to the Chinese, new Chinese way where you have a highly curated set of products that are directly sourced from the OEM. Yeah. And I think that's something I haven't heard about in, in, the, in the West. Um, so I'll put these in the show notes just in case anyone's curious with your help, of course, Gang. Are there any other, you know, tech or, you know, other types of innovations or entrepreneurs that you think are interesting to, that that speak to this Chinese difference?
0: Um, probably, well, okay. Um, maybe I can give you also but another case study, but it's opposite okay. um, to the one I mentioned on NetEase. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the famous one. Um, you know, the the company went to last went to IPO last year called Pinduoduo (PDD). Mm-hmm. Um, Pinduoduo now is uh, I think it's three, maybe three or four years. Um, you know, basically the story like only three years, uh, Pinduoduo went to IPO. I only took give them three years. But they also they are doing e-commerce. That e-commerce platform, you know. The, just tell you the background of how big they are now is I, I think I read something I think they even beat JD to be the second largest e-commerce site in China only took them like three or four years um, and so so what they do so when we talk about the case by NetEase we're talking about like upgrading you know of like you know lifestyles uh, so basically, that means like you spend you, you for tier one or tier two city, the people is willing to pay a little more, um, you know, money. But they want they want something unique. They are more looking uh, not just looking at the price. They are also looking at the the design, the user experience, you know. So all this like upgrading lifestyle. But for Pinduoduo, that's the opposite case. We are talking about like a down kind of downgrading. I would say because they are touching at the beginning they are targeting at the tier three, tier four city. Just give like a very interesting example is my mom, you know, 60, 70 years old. and She never asked me to install any like Taobao, Alipay. Um, but the first app, right now the only app he, she asked me to install is Pinduoduo. Why? Because on the Pinduoduo websites, is, first of all, the, this is is super, super cheap. Uh, the po- all the product there, Um so this is really attractive for you know for the generation like my mom, you, you know they're all looking at something cheap. Um, but secondly, it's the most important part is they are more they are using the model more like a group buy. Um, but but they are because the founder they used to run a gaming company, so actually they they how to they know how to gamify the gamify the group buy model on the mobile devices. So basically the idea is. You know, my mom. Why the mom asked me to install? Because all my mom friends at the same age is keep telling my mom, say, "Hey, you should, you should, uh, you know, download that app because you know there you can spend like ten RMB, basically like two dollars to buy maybe five socks, right?" So mom say, "Oh, it's super, super cheap, cheap, right?" And because the group buy, because you are you have to get like ten people, then you in order to get like uh, you know that cheap price. Right. So, because all the friends, or my mom, are doing so, the mom say, oh, I'm gonna do the same, right? Then, so I installed them, my mom was happy, you know, two dollars, like five socks, it's great. Mm-hmm. So I think that's become kind of viral mm-hmm. to the, in the tier three, tier four cities, right? And so there's so many stuff there, and mm-hmm. it's so cheap, it's like one thousand buying on Pinduoduo, maybe only 100, right?
2: The Singles Day, 11.11, which is uh, quite talked about over in the West, uh, the massive e-commerce, uh, does every e-commerce site get in on the game, and do you think it has legs to continue on, or will it one day evaporate?
0: Well, I think it will be keep going, even personally, personally I get really, really bored with 11.11, but but I think it's still, um, is like maybe the, big, the biggest day of the year for all the e-commerce uh, or, uh, or merchants. Um, so, uh, just because um, actually we are going to run our events, it just happened on the same day, like this year. Um, we contact you know, a few famous like uh, kind of uh, the tech companies, I think they are, we have some difficulties because all the big boss they say they are super busy on that day, so they couldn't make it to on stage right. but so I say I think they'll keep going um but actually eleven eleven is the most famous one, but actually we also have the twelve twelve so I think they <laughs> The game is uh, kinda of repeating and repeating so in, in
2: true Chinese innovation maybe there will be thirteen thirteen. Just kidding. Um how does Gang Lu get his uh, inspiration? Where do you read what do you read uh for understanding what's going on? Do you have any specific sources or or people you go to to uh, at the very top of the pile that you are as you are?
0: How do you get your source? I think my source is um I, I think is maybe I put it this way I think the the most important thing important thing to kind of uh, uh, to drive me um, doing what we are doing now is uh, the startups or the startup spirit or the entrepreneurship so I think all my kind of uh, so I love to talk talk to all the ecosystem people entrepreneurs or even VCs uh, I, I really love to, to hear what they are saying, well, you know, their stories, uh, their visions, uh, which like every conversation I feel I'm being, I'm being educated mm-hmm. um, as well. So I think which are, kind of allowed me to stand at the front of the innovation mm-hmm. um, because of them.
2: That makes total sense, Gang. So how can someone uh, follow you, track you down, read what you're up to? What are the best ways to understand more about what's going on in China?
0: Of course, read techno.com. com. <laughs> mm. Yeah, please. So, I I I think I really believe is as I said, um, and it's not just my because it's my business. Uh, I think is we read TechCrunch and many other English media because Silicon Valley or or states they are leading the technology in the past five ten years. But we really see the shifting. Maybe not in China, shifting to China, but shifting to Asia. So, um, you know, really techno or some other like Asia focused media. Uh, I think that's for, I think for for the next 10 years. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think everyone should spend more time uh, in China and Asia. Well, it's been
2: a pleasure for me. Great to see you, gang. Thanks for being on the show and look forward to staying in touch.
0: Thank you so much for coming. Thank you.
1: in me a convinced man In the arms of a woman Despise revenges and struggle to see Live for the challenge so life's not incomplete What's wrong with challenge? I know soon we all die I like the feel of a stranger The danger to feel free, trust in my reason, and let me show you why.